Go Birds Radio, presented by the Bet Parks Casino and Sportsbook app. Official sportsbook of the real Philly fan. What's going on? It's Elliot Shore Parks for my friends at Window Nation. And if you've had enough of your windows keeping the house chilly, then fight the February cold with Window Nation. Right now, replace your windows and save big with 50% off all window styles, plus zero down, zero interest, and no payments for 24 months. With proven quality and service, it's no wonder thousands have trusted Window Nation. Don't miss out. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com to schedule your free in-home estimate. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. This episode of BGN Radio is brought to you by Clip It, the hottest app that is out there. Watch TV, make clips, and share. For more information, check them out at clipit.tv or check them on Twitter at clipittv. You're listening to BGN Radio. Now Sanchez goes up top. Aguilar, great catch, look at him go! Into the end zone for the touchdown! Aguilar catches it, cuts up the field. You can see the breakaway speed with... When he gets the football in his hands, he's more explosive than people give him credit for. Hello and welcome into BGN Radio, episode number 289. Vince Quinn here with Brandon Lee Galton for the preview show. And BLG, would you consider that game a Christmas present? No. It's like Santa came and he just gave us a bunch of coal. And it's very fitting that the Eagles were wearing black, I guess, on Monday night. Because, man, what a what an unsatisfying way to clinch the number one seed. Just as... I was saying here, Vince, I mean, the Eagles clinch the NFC East, Carson Wentz gets hurt. So there's a damper on that. Eagles clinch a first-round bye against the Giants. Defense looks terrible, so there's a damper on that. And then you clinch the freaking one seed. You should be happy about that, even with the stuff happening before. I mean, if the Eagles come out and they blow out the Raiders, I mean, yeah, Carson Wentz is still hurt, and the defense still looks bad against the Giants, but at least you're like, all right, we got the one seed. This is cool. And it was like, no, you didn't feel that. You didn't feel excited. You felt like, oh, my gosh. This might be the worst one seed clinch ever. Yeah, man. You know what the problem was for me? I I think of the Carolina game, and the Carolina game was so spectacular. And when you get to the end of it, it felt like, wow, this team has that it factor. They're special. This This could really be a Super Bowl year. And the Oakland game, I felt the complete opposite. It was like I died. 
Um, I just <laughs> like I I'm just I'm watching everything, and I I couldn't even get into the cheering as much, and and hopefully that turns around when it gets to playoff time, and and I've got some life in me again. But man, uh, just watching it, I I was just so frustrating and and sad, and for the people who say that well they're 13 and two, they have home field advantage and all these things, and so everything's fine. Uh, no, because, you know, all those wins, the way they were piling them up and feeling so good and being a one seed, it comes from everything before Wentz. And so, sure, you've got those benefits, but to say that the team is the same now is crazy, frankly. It's it's absolutely insane. And personally, I'm not, like, giving up on the team. I'm not saying it's over, don't even play any more games. Like, no, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying I don't feel good. And I still believe in the team as a whole because – Look, I got to give him credit. I mean, Ronald Darby stepped up. He made a huge play. I mean, Malcolm Jenkins made a big forced fumble earlier in the game. So did Chris Long. Like, these guys made some plays when it counted. Like, they did some good things, and I think they're capable of doing some things. Like, I mean, even though that wasn't a pretty game, I expect them to go into the playoffs. And even if they don't win, I expect them to at least make it competitive. So I'm not saying, like, these guys are totally pathetic. But, I mean, it's just... It's not entertaining. The fact that earlier in the season when the Eagles were playing all these bad teams and people were like, uh, oh, the Eagles haven't played anyone, we would always say, yeah, but they beat the crap out of those bad teams. And that wasn't the case on Monday night. I mean, it was just the opposite. But it's funny because people will be like, well, at least they won and that's all that matters. No, that's not true. Like, to, to It's not fully true. I mean, yes, it, it does matter that they won, but it's not all that matters. Like, you can say style points don't matter, but I mean, when you have a quarterback who isn't playing well, I mean, that's a concern, and that's going to translate over time. Like, it's Nick Foles might play better. He might very well play better than he did against the Raiders in future games, but is he really going to go the distance, like the rest of the, the games in this season, without looking bad? I mean, that just doesn't seem realistic to me. Yeah, it doesn't. And, and given his track record and everything, yeah, there's nothing that indicates he is going to go on a even Joe Flacco hot streak. I just don't know how lucky uh, Nick Foles will be in that case. So, so there's all these questions going into this game against Dallas, and and it's unfortunate because the way that things are going now that you have the playoffs completely locked up for the Eagles, you are the one seed. It's not going to move, and you do have the buy and home field advantage. Um, there's no, you know, there's nothing to play for at this point. So you're not going to have that. This isn't a rebound game this week. This isn't a get right game for the playoffs. This is just, it's just killing time. You're in a waiting room at the doctor's office. And so what do you do uh, and, and handle this week? And I guess the big question that we got to tackle first is, of course, Nick Foles and how much you expect to see him play. Uh, for me, BLG, I got to tell you, I, I think Foles is a quarter of football, and that's it. I, I don't play him more than three drives maybe, and and then I have to shut him down because even, even as much as I want to see him play better, just given the environment of the game, um, I don't think he's meant to succeed really because the wide receivers aren't going to be as jacked up because they know the game doesn't matter and the line knows and the running backs know and all that stuff. So the whole dynamic is is funky, and as much as you want to make it like – 
this is the dress rehearsal and they'll figure it out. I just don't think that benefit's really there. And so I see Nick Foles in this case, and sure, you want to get him some snaps, but to play him a half, to play him the full game, as I've seen some people suggest, I just I don't see the point. Yeah, and so far what we know is that Doug Peterson pretty much, I think Doug Peterson, he didn't come out and say it definitively, but from reading between the lines of what he said, sounded like Nick Foles will start. Uh, Nick Foles said he's preparing to start when he spoke on Thursday during his press conference, said he's taking all the first team reps. So I fully expect him to start. And yeah, I mean, I don't know how much getting these extra reps really helps because I I was thinking to myself about this during the Raiders game. And I'm like, what if he just comes out and plays like this against Dallas? Like, how is that going to help anything? Like, he's just going to suck for, you know, a, another whole game. And like, that's going to help the team in the playoffs. No, I guess that's not where I'm at with that. At the same time, I don't think benching him entirely is beneficial either. So I think you you do put him out there, and I think I'm I'm kind of on the same page as you, Vince. That was the number in my head, three drives. I think you kind of feel it out. I think it's kind of like a preseason environment where you put him in. Maybe he goes in his first two drives, and he marches down the field, and he scores a touchdown in both of them. And at that point, I mean, what more do you need to see? You just pull him. You say, I think you've seen everything you need to. At that point, you get him out of there. You make sure he doesn't get hurt. Uh, you get Nate Studfeld in there, as James Seltzer likes to say. <laughs> oh, yeah, baby. And, and, and yes, and Doug Peterson apparently wants to see him too. So I think it's kind of like a preseason thing. You feel it out. If, if it's a situation where like you have him in there and some of the backup offensive linemen are in there too, or even if they're not, but if Dallas is getting a lot of pressure, like Demarcus Lawrence – you know, the Cowboys are eliminated, so you, you would think, you know, the Cowboys not have, you know, like, okay, they don't have a lot to play for. Demarcus Lawrence is still playing for money. You know, he wants that contract. So, you know, he, he could be out there, and if if Nick Foles is taking a bunch of hits, I mean, you can't keep him in the game for too long. I mean, there's just no point in in that situation. So you got to feel it out. You got to see how it goes, but I think the the right estimate is something like you said, where we see Foles for maybe the first quarter entirely, maybe a couple of drives, and then it's Nate Sudfeld rest of the game. Yeah, and and that's the other thing too. Uh, I wonder, and I think it's one of the most important things for this game and how everything shapes out. It's what Dallas does because for them, they got nothing left. And since the Eagles are locked in as the one seed and there's nothing to play for there, the question is, does Jason Garrett start everybody too? And, yes, and I he wa- said he is. He is. Okay, good. Yeah. So, because, well, good and bad. Um, good because you get to see the, you know, Nick Foles and the starters, you get to see them against starting competition for those series that they play. And for Studfeld, you get to see him for a, a couple of series against the top defense. So that's all well and good. Uh, the weird fear. This is a this is a super like neurotic kind of thing that I've got here. But I just have this thought of dear God, you've got Sudfeld in there. He's against uh, Demarcus Lawrence and David Irving, who's pretty good. And you've got your backup lineman in there, and whoever is going up against Demarcus Lawrence is going to get manhandled and, and hurt Sudfeld. And it's like, oh, my God, then you got to replace the backup quarterback. And the, I mean, again, this is super neurotic, but these are the kinds of things that are going through my head right now. Like, I'm just, I, I don't know. There's, you, I'm trying to think, okay, how about this? Let, let's get out of the negativity here. 
what are the positive things? What are the best case scenarios, BLG, that you could see coming out of this game, knowing the circumstances? Uh, no one getting hurt. <laughs> I mean, that's really it. I mean, there's. I don't think you can really take anything from the game itself. I mean, there's just. I mean, maybe you get some of the young guys in there. That would be more of like a long-term thing, I think, than it would be for this season. Like maybe Mac Hollins is in there, and he looks great, and that would be awesome. I don't think it would mean you would get more playing time in the playoffs, unfortunately, because you just look at the last game that the Eagles played against the Raiders, and Torrey Smith got like 80% of the snaps. Like he took a lot of the snaps, so I don't think they're getting Mac involved. Uh, maybe you see Sudfeld look okay, and then you're feeling like, okay, maybe he, this guy can be a decent backup, and we can get rid of Foles because – Please, God, get rid of Nick. I, I do not want Nick Foles on this team after this season. I can't do it, Vince. I can't <laughs> do it anymore. This is a Nick Foles tangent that I'm about to go on. I, I held back, but I can't hold back anymore. The excuses, it's just ridiculous. It's just like he, he played as poorly as he did on Monday night, and people are still excusing it. They're like, oh, it's the cold weather, and the receivers aren't getting open, and just all these things that aren't true. And he's just so unfun to watch. Like he sucks the joy out of watching football because he just can't do basic things right. I mean, the the guys are there, the throws are there to be made, and he just can't do it. And he has time too in the pocket. It's not even like you're asking him to make a crazy play like Carson Wentz. You're just asking him to do basic things, and he can't do it. And even in a game where he looks better, like the Giants game, you're still seeing those mistakes, and you know that it's only a matter of time that uh, it's going to be a situation where he misses a throw and it really hurts the team, especially when you're going against a good defense in the playoffs, which they will be. So it's just like that's part of the dread with this team is knowing that you're just you're just almost waiting, to me at least, for Nick Foles to kind of have that performance or, or have those moments where it costs you the game. And it's not fun. You're just waiting for something to go wrong instead of expecting something good to happen. And honestly, I just I need the, I need him to be gone because I just don't get it. I don't get the appeal. People just love to defend him and they love him for some reason. And I just don't get it. And I don't get how people ever thought he was the franchise quarterback. I just need Nick Foles gone after this season. So to answer your question, Vince, I think Nate Sudfeld looking good on Sunday would make me feel good about that. OK, well, well how about this then? Because let's say. Foles comes out and he's either average or whatever. Foles does anything in this game. Um, Sudfeld comes out and looks spectacular for three quarters <laughs> of football. Is there any scenario for you where you would put Nate Sudfeld in, or at least entertain the thought of Sudfeld as the Eagles quarterback instead of Foles? I mean, personally, because it's me, yes, I would. Like, they would not, absolutely. It's not realistic, but... Personally, I'm just I'm done, man. I'm done watching Nick Foles. Like, it's not fun to me. Is Nate Sudfeld better? Probably not. Is he more entertaining? Probably not. But the unknown almost makes it like, all right, at least it's something new and different. And maybe Nate Sudfeld could actually be something. Probably not realistic, but maybe that chance exists. So I guess, again, that's really the only thing, the big thing maybe, that you can take out of this game is to see how he does and kind of get a gauge on him because you have to you have to think back to this guy hasn't played with the Eagles before. I mean, he, he joined the team after preseason, so it'll be the first time, and, and it's his first time in an NFL game too. He's never played in an NFL game, so 
that's where we are at this point in the season where we're interested to see how Nate Sudfeld plays. Yeah, and I'm interested in seeing him play. I I always you always have to wonder about the quarterback depth chart and how talented it is and for Sudfeld being a project guy what his ceiling is. So, I'm thrilled for the aspect of seeing him. Under no circumstances do I consider him as a replacement for Foles this year. You just I, I feel like you're committed to Foles. He's a veteran. You got to ride the wave and and respect. It's a respect issue as well. Uh, I don't think you can just replace him based on one game from a third string quarterback that no one's got any tape on, and you don't know if he's how consistent the performances can be. So, uh, like you said, with the Eagles coaching staff and how they wouldn't consider it, I wouldn't either. Uh, as, as much as I do think that it's something that his performance could go a long way in terms of the backup situation next year and whether or not the Eagles are able to trade Foles for a team that's desperate for a stopgap starter or release him and save a couple of million dollars as they're going to be in a pretty tight squeeze. So I'm curious in, in that regard. Now, another thing with the offense here, because it is such a delicate situation, when you're starting your starting quarterback at this point in Nick Foles, you can't really bench anybody of significance on the offense because you just can't risk sitting Lane Johnson as much as you want to because you got to protect Nick Foles and you're not going to bench Kelsey or Brooks. So when it comes to that, you're stuck with all of the starters out for the most part and you want to build chemistry with guys like Ertz and Aguilar and Jeffrey. So I don't know if you can really sit anybody. The one guy I would sit, and I'd love to hear your thoughts, BLG, I would sit Jay Ajayi, and that's it. I think going into this game, there's a there's a good method to kind of eliminate you know, or kind of figure out who sits and who starts. And, and the, the most obvious one is guys who are banged up. Like Brandon Graham hasn't been practicing this week. He shouldn't play. Same thing with Stefan Wisniewski. Like he missed the past two games with a, an ankle injury can't play like those guys who are clearly just if they would have to gut it out like they shouldn't be playing in this game just makes no sense so um that's kind of where the eagles are with that that's the first thing and then from there i think you know you're spot on with the offense about how you kind of just can't you can't just play nick Foles and then sit a bunch of other guys because i don't think that helps if the case too is that it's about building chemistry and or at least you know getting nick Foles time to throw to to build that chemistry with the wide receivers. So you're going to have to play the starters. And really, I think you look at it like, hey, if you didn't want to play in Week 17, maybe you should have played better against the Raiders' offense. Like, this is kind of on you. This is kind of like your punishment for not playing well on Monday night. On the on the defensive side, though, I think you look at guys like Malcolm Jenkins and Nigel Bradham. Those guys have almost played, like, every defensive snap this year. Those guys are probably some of the guys that should be inactive or, or not playing Fletcher Cox too this is a guy who's so key on defense like those are the kind of guys who you kind of just sit them out and you give them the rest because they played so many snaps and there's nothing to prove at, at, at this point for those guys so I think it's kind of it kind of works itself out because it's not like a preseason game where you have that 90-man roster you only have a 53-man roster and you have from there, seven players are inactive, so you kind of have to figure – like things fall into place at that point. You're not really trying to try to figure this out. All right, how do we sit this guy and get this guy involved? I mean, it kind of shakes itself out, and I think hopefully you know, you're know, you mixing in the young guys where you can, like Shelton Gibson and Matt Collins and 
maybe try to get Isaac Sumalo some center reps in there later in the game because that's something he hasn't really been able to do uh, as much. So there's there's a bunch of stuff you can experiment with. And speaking of experiments and and players you really want to see in this game, Sidney Jones, Vince. Oh Sydney yeah. Jones. Oh yeah, baby. Could what do you how are you feeling about this Sidney Jones thing going into week seventeen? I feel like Cookie Monster. I'm like, gimme, 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 gimme. I, I want Sidney Jones so bad. I'm just curious, you know, to see a top five guy that has the opportunity to come in and play some at least for him and where he's at, meaningful snaps. See how Doug Peterson mentioned, for example, he hasn't done any tackling of any kind in a year. So to see how he handles those kinds of things and um if if he's worth keeping on the roster for the rest of the way, I, I'm so intrigued by Sidney Jones. I would absolutely die to see him play. I would love to see it. And I think the way Doug talked about Sidney Jones this week, he didn't shut it down. Usually when he's asked about Sidney Jones, he kind of gives an answer that's kind of like, oh, he's not going to be ready this week or something to that effect. He kind of just downplays it doesn't like leave the door open this week. He left the door open. He did not rule out Sidney Jones returning this week. And I think it would be awesome if he could play because I mean, it's, it's a really a dream scenario. It could be far fetched, but you're looking at how well Marshawn Lattimore has played this year. And you're thinking, what if Sidney Jones can be somehow again, unlikely, but what if it could somehow be uh, that he comes in and he's this instant difference maker at corner. And I mean, the Eagles love this guy. They said he was a top 10 player on their board. And I wanted him to be the Eagles pick at when they were picking at uh, 14, I think it was, back in the draft. Yeah. Like, I wanted him more than anyone before he got hurt. I didn't, obviously didn't think it made sense when he got hurt. but So I would love to see it this week. And I think it, Sidney Jones has been practicing now. This is his third week. This will be his third week of practice. So... They kind of have to make a decision by the end of this week. All right, are we going to activate him, put him on the 53-man roster, and that they would have to cut someone to free up a spot? Or are we going to shut him down for the season? And I think it's time to play him. Get him out there. Yeah, no doubt. Now, one of the interesting things about this game is that apparently Des Bryant didn't show up to practice today. Did you see that? I did see that. I didn't see why, though. Yeah, so... I'm not sure. Well, I'm curious about that because one of the things recently has been with his contract and whether or not he would take a pay cut. And so if it feels like for him that the writing's on the wall and he's out and it's a week 17 game and he's feeling slighted and maybe he's not showing up, I would love to see Sidney Jones square up against Dez. And for as much as Sidney Jones is out there, you just say, hey, go do it. You know, see what happens because there is no risk. And if Dez isn't going to play, maybe he gets suspended or something. I don't know. I, I just wonder what that dynamic would bring because, again, you want to see the most out of Sidney Jones. And this Dez Bryant, uh, if, it is, if it is about the contract and he's staying away because of that, then it, does, it takes away a little bit of something from the, you know, where is Sidney Jones at factor. You know what I mean? Yeah, and getting onto the Dez Bryant thing real quick here, I was looking it up. Um, apparently... On Wednesday, he said he's been dealing with knee tendonitis this season, which maybe he has, but I also like to think of that as an angle to excuse why he hasn't been good at all this season. Mm -hmm. But um, it sounds like, you know, so it's like a day after he said that, that he didn't practice. Maybe, I don't know whose decision it is, but maybe the thought is kind of like to shut him down and and then because there's no point of playing him at this point. But 
I do think we're going to see a lot of the starters, and, and like it would be good to see that in the case of Sidney Jones going up against Des Bryant, or you know, even though he's not having the best season, but still, you know, Des can still have some moments where he does some good things when he's not dropping a ton of passes all the time. Uh, so that'll be that'll be the good thing for the Eagles this week. I think just talking about like we did earlier that Jason Garrett isn't going to rest the Cowboys starters. Now there's going to be some guys who are out. I think like Tyron Smith, he probably could play in this game if he really had to, but they're probably going to shut him down. I think even David Irving, I think he is missing practice. I think you know they're shutting. There's going to be some of those guys like I said for the Eagles in the case of Brandon Graham who. Could play if they had to, probably, but just aren't going to play in this game. But for the most part, you know, the Eagles will see the Cowboys starters. And again, Vince, I, I've been—I think we've been talking about this for a while now. Just how great would it be if somehow Dallas, playing their starters, just lost to the Eagles' backups? I think it would be fantastic. <laughs> oh, it would be so great, yeah, to see a Nate Sudfeld-led victory over Dak Prescott, Zeke, and the Cowboys. That would oh. just be at home in Philly. It'd just be the best. And how demoralizing it would be for Dallas. I wonder if it would swing the needle. Jerry Jones being so... You see how crazy he is at this point, right? I mean, the guy's really irrational and out of control. If it got to the point where they lose to the backups, he's been so supportive of Garrett, but it would be embarrassing. And would he be able to handle that? Is that a last straw thing? And do we see a enraged Jerry Jones out of instinct as coaches are falling all around him. And there's a lot of coaches that could get fired uh, this coming week, BLG. So if you see eight coaches going across the league and Jerry's pissed and they lose this game and he's looking at Garrett, and maybe he does say, you know what, screw it. I'm going to fire Garrett and reboot this thing. It's like it's a long shot, but it's possible. And that's that's one of the fun things about Dallas is how unstable that organization is. And probably bad news for the Eagles if Jason Garrett gets fired because I, I'm fine having him down there. I think he keeps them nice and, and mediocre. And really, I don't think he he does much at all. At least I don't know how he would because they he doesn't pick the players and he doesn't call the plays. But I was talking to some of our Cowboys writers over at bloggingtheboys.com, which is the BGN, you know, the, the Cowboys version of BTN. And from what he was saying – uh, you know, he, Jerry, they don't have like a good feel on <laughs> Jason Garrett. Uh, they feel like, you know, there's there's some stability there and they like they don't want to get it's, So it's not just a no brainer to get rid of him because he's done some good things. But at the same time, they feel like it, it could be a complacency thing. So from what, what I was what I gathered from talking to them, it was it was kind of like 2018 will be a make or break year in their eyes for Jason Garrett kind of see, all right, is the, are these struggles going to continue over into next season or do they bounce back? And it's kind of getting into that too, just the Dallas perspective here. Dak Prescott, I mean, geez, that guy has not looked good, unsurprisingly. Uh, he looked terrible against the Seahawks, and that was a, a must-win elimination game, and he looked very, very bad. And there's concern about him. I don't think Cowboys fans are all out on him, you know, but I think there's real concern that like, okay, Dak Prescott might not actually be the answer for this franchise. Like it's not a guarantee. Like we're going into year three of the Eagles knowing that Carson Wentz is the guy. We already had a good feel going into this year, but you know, after him being an MVP and just having this season, we know he's the guy. I mean, that's one of the best things about this season. You can't say the same for the Cowboys. They have a real question there 
or at least a, there's a real doubt. There's some kind of there's some level of doubt. They might even be optimistic about it, but there's just it's not a total slam dunk. Yes, Dak is the guy for everyone at least down there. So, and it, and that you know if if Dak Prescott doesn't play well against the Eagles backups, that concern is only going to grow here. Well, yeah, Dak Prescott on the season for what it's worth, 3100 yards, uh, just just over that. 21 touchdowns, 13 picks, and obviously he's got the impact on the rushing game, but once Zeke got out of that lineup, he did look exposed. It, it was pretty clear that he was a guy that couldn't carry a team. Dallas struggled big time, losing a lot of games. Uh, they just weren't themselves. And when it comes to Dak Prescott and and who he is and what he'll be, I I think it's pretty clear that he's a game manager. And he's got the ability to make – he can make a dynamic play here or there, but yeah. he's not a guy that you can lean on to make those kinds of plays. And so it's definitely – in terms of perspective, it, it it tells you a lot about the guy in terms of he's not so good that you can't entertain the idea of other quarterbacks. Um, I, I wouldn't say that Dallas goes out and signs Kirk Cousins, but I think they'd be kind of crazy to not at least – consider the impact that a guy like Cousins could have over Prescott and so um, yeah he's he's fine but as the Garrett factor goes on too, this thing is it's not like you have excellent coaching that's going to get the most out of this guy so Prescott could be around long enough that maybe Garrett gets fired and another coach works with him for two years and he still is the same average-ish kind of player and and Dallas could be locked onto him basically until his rookie deal expires a couple years from now. I just I, I don't know what the I, I don't know if you can write the book on him yet, BLG. But he, he's definitely um, I, I would say if you had to rank Dak in terms of quarterbacks in the NFL right now, I would put him somewhere around twenty. That like give or take two or three spots. What do you think? I'd put him last because he's terrible. <laughs> no, I would I wouldn't do. I mean, obviously that's me just being very me, but. Look, man, I I'm not like if I had to use a word to describe this season for Dak Prescott, it would be unsurprising. I mean, I just you look at who he is, and yes, he's a game manager, but people were falling. It was the same thing with Nick Foles. People were falling in love with him based on the situation that he was in. Like you, the, the, there was so much of the situation make or made Dak Prescott who he is. He has a, an elite running game, so he doesn't have to throw the ball a lot. At least he did. This is again more so talking about 2016 here when he did well and even earlier this year. But when you put him in a position where he has to be the guy, it's just so clear he's not. I mean, this guy was a fourth round pick for a reason, right? I mean, it kind of comes back to that. And it wasn't just the DUI thing, like, there was talent involved there too, the talent deficiencies there. And I think, you know, um, it's and look, he had Zeke for the Seahawks game. So. It wasn't even totally just, you know, without him either. And he also had Zeke for the Broncos game. And they got destroyed in that game. It looked terrible. So I, I think Dak is a very flawed player. And I think he was crowned way too soon. Way, 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 way too soon. And I don't think he's that special of a player. Like, what what does he do that's really good outside of, I think he's a very good runner. And I think his mobility is a great asset for him. I don't question that, and I think he's very effective in the red zone with his running, especially because of that. But outside of that, I don't see this guy any anywhere near being an elite quarterback. And a lot of people were trying to prop him up like that, and, and even with stats and just everything last year, and they were like, very, people were very bold about saying, 
oh, it, he wasn't just a product of the system. I mean, he clearly was. So uh, I had joked after, I think, the Chargers game it was that, kind of joked that the Cowboys should draft a quarterback. And I'm not saying they need to, you know, trade, get one in the first round or trade up for one. But, you know, if I'm them, I think I would definitely at least draft a guy. Yeah, they should certainly consider it. There's no reason to, to keep the competition going there. And speaking of competition, I want to talk a, a little bit more about the backups that we'll see in this Eagles game because there are so many guys that I think are really interesting or the players that maybe we've forgotten about on the roster that could end up playing a role in the playoffs because you never know when an injury is going to happen. And and getting a look at some of these players or getting some of these players' reps is is really important for the team. And, and not even just this season, but going forward. Um, but, well, I guess let's, let's start with a short-term guy. Uh, someone who's got signed just a couple of weeks ago and could be a major player if, if bad things happen, Will Beatty. And I'm really curious to see this guy play BLG. Have you seen him, like, practices or anything like that? Do you have any read on this guy? Just from what I've seen from him, I mean, he, he just looks so skinny. For an offensive tackle, he, you know, again, offensive tackle standards. He's obviously a very large man by normal standards. But in terms of, I mean, you, you put him side by side by Jason Peters, and that's not a fair thing to do because Jason Peters is just a mountain of a <laughs> yeah. man. He's massive. But for your average offensive tackle, he does kind of look thinner. I think he's probably tried to bulk up a little bit since rejoining the team. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know much other than that, other than, you know, hopefully the, I guess the Eagles don't, I mean, the, the, ideally the Eagles won't have to see him. Hopefully big V steps up. I think big V after kind of struggling really a lot here for the, the past several weeks before the Raiders game, I think he kind of settled in, in the Raiders game for the most part. Uh, so that's a positive sign, but along with him, along with BD there, Another guy who signed with the Eagles the same week, really, was Daniel Ellerby. And now he's pretty much your starting middle linebacker. Jim Schwartz kind of said as much without using the exact words. And he obviously played a lot for the first time against the Raiders. And I don't think he looked great, but he did have that one nice run stop tackle for loss for like about three yards downhill. And I think at the very least, he's better than Joe Walker and Najee Good. So that's another guy that you're going to get to, to look at this week in addition to BD, possibly, is Ellerby as well. Yeah, Ellerby getting that start. And what did you think of his performance last week? Because for me, I, I I watched it, and it looked like he had a good read on where things were going. You could see that he's played the game before. But it just felt like he was a step slow getting there. Yeah. And, and I'm curious, hopefully that improves this week, but I, I don't think that's necessarily the case, BLG. Yeah, sideline to sideline, you just saw like him, you know, if he trying to get... Uh, out on a toss play or some kind of, you know, run to the outside. He the speed just wasn't there. But playing downhill, you know, I think he's fine in that role. So, uh, you know, not, you know, you're losing Jordan Hicks. Obviously, not an ideal situation. But again, I think LRB has the potential to be better than Walker or Good, which isn't saying a lot. But I guess you know you'll take it. Yeah, another guy that I want to see this week as well, and and this is part of the reason that I want to deactivate Ajayi is. I want to get Wendell Smallwood some carries. Obviously, the Eagles like having a running back rotation, and so if any of those guys is to go down, well, maybe not Barner uh, because of the special teams aspect, but there is a possibility that Smallwood could get put back into the rotation. He isn't. I mean, when's the last time he took a carry? Like six, seven, eight weeks ago? It's been a while since Wendell Smallwood's been a part of the Eagles' rotation, and so uh, to get him out there and just – 
keep him fresh and have him remember what it looks like to read an offensive line as he's making a run, uh, I think it's a good thing, BLG. Maybe have him return a kick or two, too, you know, even if it's deeper in the end zone, because we did see him return a kickoff for a touchdown last year, see if he can kind of give the Eagles anything there. Kind of try to, I mean, he should do it. He should be, I mean, they, they might not like it, but he should try to convince them, you know, that, hey, I can do this. But um, so you have him, some of those other guys who are inactive on offense at, at the, when it comes to the skill players would be like uh, a Shelton Gibson, who the Eagles actually kept inactive this past week, and Marcus Johnson, try to get some, some of those guys involved. Gibson especially interesting because, you know, he, he struggled a lot in training camp, and he could not catch a ball to save his life, but he kind of came on towards the end, had some nice moments in the preseason. I mean, maybe he can be a deep threat for this team because, you know, Torrey Smith, he's not... I don't again. I don't think they're going to bench Torrey Smith. If you play him about eighty percent of the snaps in Week Sixteen, you're pretty. You know, you're not. That's not a guy who you're looking to bench. But maybe a guy like Shelton Gibson can show some kind of playmaking ability and at least convince the the coaching staff to put him in there for a play or two and just give the team a spark because they a game like that on Monday night they needed a spark and they didn't have one. So kind of interested to see you know some of those bottom of the the roster guys, those rookies. Matt Collins again. I mentioned him earlier. Would love to see him get some targets and, and see what he can do. Again, some of that probably bodes more towards next season than it does this one, but still interesting to see. Yeah, because the thing is, when when you're comparing the two units, offense and defense, it's really clear that who the defense is. We know basically every player on the defense, we've seen them play enough time. Even guys like Najee Good are getting a couple of snaps over the past couple of weeks. So you know what the linebackers look like. You know what your secondary looks like. Uh, You see guys like Corey Graham rotating in. Jalen Watkins has been here for a long time. So the defensive line rotates. We, We know everybody for the most part on the defense. And on the offense, we know a lot of guys because... Trey Burton and Selleck get in there with Ertz, and we have seen Hollins in there with Torrey Smith, and we have seen the running backs rotate in, and we've seen Sayamalu, and we've seen Warmack. But the, there are other guys, like when you're, you're talking a backup tackle, you're talking a backup running back, you're talking a backup quarterback, you're talking backup wide receivers. There are guys that could be a factor in this. The, the Eagles have been really healthy at wide receiver for the entirety of the year, but... In the event, you know, Marcus Johnson was a guy that was getting snaps, and you don't see that at all anymore. So what is it with Marcus Johnson? Maybe he's upticked a little bit. There's there's a lot of value, I guess, long story short. There's a lot of value this week in terms of the offense and, and what we can see in terms of the depth. And I'm super excited for that, and I, I think it's important for the team to explore it and get them three quarters of football and, and see what comes out. Now, with... All of that excitement, BLG. Let's go to the picks. Hit me! It's time to ring the bell and play some bets. Hey, I don't want your money punching my money. Here come our NFL picks. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. Picks are brought to you by the Sportsbook at Delaware Park. It's where you can wager and watch all of the pro football games on Sunday. Go to DelawarePark.com for more details. Delaware Park is a lottery agent for the Delaware Lottery. Must be 21 to play. So, first game for you. This is in the AFC where the New England Patriots are looking to lock up their home field advantage through the playoffs. Uh, They're playing the Jets 
And the game will be in New England. The Patriots are giving a small amount of 15 and a half points. Is that enough, BLG? Oh, man. Uh, it's, I mean, I'm taking the Patriots, so. <laughs> I mean, the Jets without, I mean, it's weird to say this, but the Jets without Josh McCown, just they don't have a chance. They're, I mean, Josh McCown gave them a chance to at least be some kind of competent, if not a chance to win. But with him gone and, and Bryce Petty or whoever they put out there, there's just they don't stand a chance at all. And I like the Patriots in this one a lot. Yeah, they're boned. Uh, the Patriots are motivated. They're going for a big game. They they obviously know how important it is. They handle themselves well, especially at home. The, the Jets are just fucked. Um, let's let's go to Carolina traveling to Atlanta. Now, for Carolina, you're dealing with playoff seeding, and they could still possibly win the South. And for Atlanta, they're fighting for their playoff lives, and Atlanta is giving four points to Carolina at home. What do you think? And the Panthers can actually still, in theory, clinch the number two seed. It's not likely they would need some other teams to lose there, but it's possible. So they definitely have motivation to play. Um, I The Panthers didn't look great against the Buccaneers, and I don't fully buy the Panthers, but I also don't fully buy the Falcons there. And, I mean, it's the Falcons. Are we really going to trust this team to not choke? Like, I can absolutely see them choking in Seattle getting into the playoffs because of that, and then that would be terrible for a lot of people. But uh, So I think I have to take the Panthers because why would I trust the Falcons not to choke? Well, I'm going to go Atlanta because Carolina's, uh, well. yeah, Carolina's, <laughs> oh, they're, they're a stodgy, but they're kind of, I don't know, they're not all that dynamic, and for Atlanta, their ability to break the big play with Jones and Freeman is just so good, so I'm a fan of Atlanta, I'm going to give them a shot in this one, and so with the four points, we're going to see Atlanta in the playoffs, and, and that's kind of a shame because I like Seattle, but so be it. So with that being said, we're going to the main course. The Dallas Cowboys coming into Philadelphia. Eagles minus three. BLG, your thoughts? Oh, this is a weird one. Um, I have to take the Eagles here because I I really want it to happen. It's wishful thinking. I'm going to will it into happening where Nate Studfeld comes in the game. And maybe it's like tied at the time. And he just he outplays Dak Prescott and the Cowboys. I mean, I would just love to see it. I, I would love it. And... Maybe the Eagles don't have a lot to play for. Well, they have nothing to play for in this game. But the backups, those guys could be hungry. You know, this is their first time to get some playing time. They want to go out there and they want to make some plays. So I'm going to be optimistic here and say the Eagles win. And it would be the first time in franchise history that they got to 14 wins in the season. And the Eagles would end the regular season by handing the Cowboys another loss, setting them at 8-8, eight and eight, miring them in mediocrity, which is where they deserve to be. So I'm, I'm wishful thinking I'm taking the Eagles. Yeah, I have no interest in being accurate when it comes to this pick. I just want to believe the story, too. So I'm, I'm 100% with you. The backups win it. Best record of all time in Eagles history. We get to crap on Dallas at home week 17. Uh, minus three. You know what? Why not? Fuck it. So uh, with that, uh, uh, do you have any closing thoughts here before we wrap up the show, BLG? Um... It's been a good year, I think, for them. It's been a special year for the Eagles, obviously, going to 13-2 and and two before their final game. And this is our final preview podcast of the regular season. It's our, our final regular episode, really, of the 2017 calendar year. So it's been a great year. 
thank everyone for supporting us. It's it's been awesome. You guys are awesome. We were right before Christmas was awesome. Thank you to everyone who came out to that. It was so much fun, uh, and hopefully we can do that every year. And as far as some some housekeeping notes, we have uh, John and James are going to be at the at Langhorn on Friday night at WIP doing a remote show. It's at Sandy's Beef and Ale, so you can stop out and see them in Langhorn from 6 to 10 p.m. on Friday night. And then the WIP show, as always, will be on Saturday, this Saturday, from 1 to 3 p.m., so you can check those things out. And I think that just about does it for me. All right, and for me, we've got the fourth quarter coming up after this BLG on Patreon. So uh, something I want to talk about, I don't know if you saw this, the Rams are potentially tanking this game to get a matchup with the Eagles. So something that we'll talk about, if you want to listen to that show, you certainly can go to patreon.com, look for BGN Radio, and we'll be putting that up, uh, I I don't know, sometime soon. So it it should be up tomorrow. It is Thursday. It should be up by Friday. So with that, I am Vince Quinn with Brandon. Oh, no, it'll be up today, right? We do it on Thursdays, BLG. Yes. Okay, so it's up today. It'll be up sometime today. So make sure you check Patreon as well. We'll be tweeting it out at BGN underscore radio. So for Brandon Lee Galton, I am Vince Quinn. Thank you so much for joining us on BGN Radio, episode 289. We'll talk to you next week. Stretch your hand and I'm going to chop it off. I dare you ask for a favor from your boss's boss. Shrimp, scampi, angel head noodles, white wine sauce. Rwanda and Ross, reload the Nina Ross. Settle metal when I'm focused on the green Dinero. Hocus Pocus, Gucci Lopez, cake with bacon soda. Cake for soldiers moving weight from Maine to Nova Scotia. Bang revolvers, problem solvers, that and pain the mothers. Lost the child, clips from play when they hear Belial. Nightmares, walking dead cause they sleep prepared. You either sheep or shit, be scared or cut to pieces. I lust for custom coops with the honey mustard features. Butterfly doors, a whore that makes wine or sober. Her beauty stunning, plus she funny, that's the proper order. Head nods and cat calls, cuz it's pops in order. Yeah, I'm stuntin' all the world is my stage show. Dallas streets cruising around about